You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Today, we are going to talk about metabolism and what you can do about it and even how you can measure it. I promised this year that I was going to tell you what you get out of an episode so that you know that it's worth your time to listen to it because you have an hour or so we can spend together. So why don't we make it the most valuable hour? There's only almost a thousand other episodes full of all the knowledge of what you might want to know to be a better human being. Turns out having more energy because your metabolism works is fundamental to everything you do, which is why... I focus on metabolism for a long time as one of the big building blocks for just being the kind of person you want to be. And our guest today is Mikhail Moore. I think I said that right. <laughs> She's a co-founder of Lumen, which is a company that measures metabolism in a different way. Uh, you've, If you've read my books or listened to the show for a while, you know that many years ago, in my early 20s, when I, something wasn't right, my doctor couldn't tell, said, maybe you have high blood sugar. So I'd stick little pins in my fingers and gather blood like I was diabetic, even though I wasn't, just to see what was up. And I've talked about ketone meters over the years of making cyclical ketosis kind of a thing. But there's other interesting ways of just knowing how your body's doing that fundamental job of turning food and about 30 pounds of air into electricity that powers everything you do. And I wanted to interview someone with a different take on that. So Bachelor of Science in Medical Laboratory Sciences, Master of Science in Physiology, and a PhD in Physiology with an emphasis on cardiac arrhythmia. Someone who's maybe <laughs> kind of qualified. What do you think, <laughs> Mikhail? You have an interesting background. <laughs> Yes, uh, and the truth is that um, I started, I mean, working on Lumen, that at the time, it was almost 10 years ago, uh, I didn't thought about Lumen as a company, but the things that brought me is actually not all those stuff you should, that you just said. The things that brought me is actually not all those stuff you should, that you just said. The things that brought me is the fact that I compete in Ironman competition. And I don't know if you know, you're familiar with this type of competition? Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me more, though. I'm not, I don't think all of our listeners are. So it's like, it's like a long triathlon, right? So you need to compete between 12 to 16 hours. You need to swim, uh, bike, and then run a marathon. And one of the challenges of that type of com competition is usually we, uh, most of the competitors are doing amazing, the swimming part, the cycling, and half of the marathon. But after 20 kilometers, their body is starting not to have enough fuel and they crash and not able to finish. Yep, so happens a lot. It happens a lot. <laughs> so for me and also for my twin sister, both of us founded Lumen, um, it was very uh, clear that in order to be able to finish such a competition, we need our body to work uh, efficiently. We need our body to be able to rely on fat as much as we can in order to preserve our carb stores, which are pretty limited 
to the time when we need them. For example, when you are climbing a hill. So all what we did during uh, our training sessions is to improve our metabolism, which means to become more metabolically flexible, being able to use fat more efficiently and carbs. Now, you know, yes, we are talking on 2011, the term metabolic flexibility and what you can do in order to improve it. Uh, it was not a common term. <laughs> no, the ability to either burn fat or burn carbs, people thought you had to do both, but the speed of switching is the thing. That's why I, I went from Atkins in the 90s where I could lose half the weight I had to lose to being able to cycle in and out of ketosis to keep the metabolism able to do that so you don't get maybe insulin resistance, which is a common thing that happens when people go all keto all the time. So like, how do, how do we know how good you are at burning fat, even though sometimes you're also good at burning glucose, which sort of your body does that really naturally. And I don't think you want to say, I never am going to eat a carb again, because everyone I know who does that, with the exception of maybe 20 people who have epilepsy, eventually are realizing that maybe that wasn't good for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but I want to go back to your cardiac arrhythmia research. Yeah. So you're doing this kind of masochistic exercise and competition regimen, but you studied cardiac arrhythmia. I would have kind of wondered, aren't you causing arrhythmia? There's lots of studies around heart damage from marathons, not to mention ultra marathons. So were you like, what kind of bad things can I do to my heart just so I can fix it? Like, like what, what's going on here? It was good to my soul. <laughs> yeah, you're okay. right. Maybe not, you know, the best thing I can do to my heart, but it was good to my soul. <laughs> now, cardiac arrhythmia, you've, you've done all this endurance exercise. You believe, as, as I do when I, I've talked with marathoners and Ironman people, it's like, you should be running on fat as long as you can. And then I, I have some sugar in your water bottle and some L-glutamine and probably some MCT oil and maybe even some ketones to get the endurance you want. And maybe some ribose for ATP creation. That's kind of my my recipe in electrolytes. So it's, it's what I would do if someone was going to torture me and make me go do some long cardio thing. What am I missing or what's wrong with that thinking, if anything? Mm -hmm. I think it's not about what is wrong or, or not. I think it's about what is the root cause. I mean, what enables us to perform at our best? I mean, the solution to perform at our best is within us. Is basically how healthy our metabolism is, how metabolically flexible. So someone that has a healthy metabolism that knows how to switch between using fat and using carbs will perform much better. So during long cycling, he will be able to shift and rely uh, his fat stores, which you and I know are, are un almost unlimited. Sometimes we, it's very sad that this is the case, but <laughs> they are unlimited. Uh, and we'll be able to pull carbs from glycogen stores, for example, or from um, energy drinks yeah, when we are consuming them. So this ability to shift between them, it's not only good for athletic performance, it's also improving, you know, our uh, quality of life. It enables us to enjoy life from to our fullest potential. It's about longevity. It's about being able to achieve our goals, not having those mood swings. This is so much more than for improving athletic performance. And I wish <laughs> that this awareness of how important it is 
our metabolism to our quality of life i wish it would it wouldn't be you know just a conversation between between you and i it will be something that everyone will know and not only your listeners that probably are the the term metabolic health is not new for them i I believe we all need to understand our metabolisms way better than we do because if you wake up and you feel like trash in the morning, is it your metabolism isn't working right? Is it toxins? There's you know five or six things that could be a, a cause. But if you have low energy, which is a major thing, it's one of the five things that Upgrade Labs are, we're working on solving, you don't know why you have low energy. You just know that you don't have enough. So how do you define metabolism because you've studied it both as an endurance athlete and just academically right i say it's air plus food equals electricity but it's probably a little bit more academic than that so what what's your what's your take on it how would you tell my mother her metabolism works <laughs> so metabolism when we are saying the world's metabolism there are two parameters one is the amount of energy our body needs in order to sustain itself. Those are the, how much calories I'm, uh, I'm burning. This is the kilocal uh, coin. But there is another terms, which is what type of fuel our body is using. Meaning what type of fuel, carbs, fat, or some ratio in between, I'm using in order to produce that energy. Now, a healthy body, yes, a flexible that, has metabolically, uh, that is metabolically flexible, will wake up on fat burn and will shift to use carb burn after he's eating uh, a, carb, uh, a high carb meal, for example, after eating a pasta. So, and today we know that, I mean, until today, even not until today, I think until six years ago, the term energy expenditure and all the focus was on how much energy my body is burned how much calories, this is, was all the language. And we all, and this lead us also to talk about how much calories I consume versus talk about quality food, calorie, it's not a calorie, yeah? So today the focus is much more on what type of fuel my body is using because we know this has a high correlation to metabolic health and quality of life. You're laughing. I'm laughing. I just, I love the way you're saying it. You're very well qualified. And I'm just thinking of like all the Twitter wars and all these like (laughs) 27 year old people who've never been obese who are telling you calorie deficit, calorie deficit. And I'm just laughing and saying it's the type of fuel. Well, it turns out candle wax and coal are high calories and you could eat those or uranium is actually one of the highest calorie things on the planet. Right. So you could put all that stuff in your mouth and calories in, calories out. And it's such obvious nonsense to think about calories the way that that so many of us have, the way I did when I was obese. And you're sitting here going, well, just in the last 10 years, we've shifted to what kind of fuel? Because anyone who has a fireplace knows if you burn garbage in your fireplace, it does bad things. And if you burn wood, it works better. And different wood does different things. It's so basic. But I just love it that we have, you know, this you know, PhD on the show and you're telling us, no, really, we've shifted. <laughs> so everyone there who's ever said you can out-exercise a potato chip, we have a PhD in physiology telling you that the type of fuel matters. So I'm just laughing because I'm <laughs> just going to take funny. this clip and we're just going to just play it on loop every time someone goes, but Newton's law, thermodynamics. What do you say to people like that? 
<laughs> so you made me laugh. <laughs> Um, you know, it, you are not the first person that says to me, come on, Michal, but don't speak like a scientist. No, I'm <laughs> but, not saying that at but all. You know, this, this you are a scientist. I'm a scientist. I mean, look at that you're a scientist. That's awesome. So speak like a scientist. Like, tell those little, you know, little calorie people out there telling you to eat like diet soda and whatever, pizza and lose weight. Okay. How do you, how do you I, speak I spend, to them? I spent hours on hours with a, a girl named Kyla. She's helping me uh, to bring the messages out there because I'm so, sometimes it's very hard to understand me because every, I'm speaking like a scientist. So no, don't stop. trying to communicate. Don't stop <laughs> speaking like a scientist. You're smart. Like own that. And and you can translate. You can translate the you science. Translate me. So th this isn't a criticism at all of that. I I, I love that you're a PhD because when the people who are not PhDs are saying, oh, I studied physiology in sports training, they're like yes, and you've never once had an obese client who got healthy because you keep telling them to torture themselves by eating you know low amounts of sugar and no fat and getting on a treadmill. So what's wrong with that advice? Like, like you, science me out of that kind of thinking. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I want to share with you that, you know, my PhD was in a cardiac arrhythmia. Yeah. I focus on where we should implement a pacemaker. Yes. In order to avoid the desynchronization between the ele electrical pulse, pulse and the mechanical pulse in the heart. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, it was amazing study, and the things that what um, was hard for me is that at the end of this study, which made a lot of noise in the cardiology community, uh, this study was still stuck in the uh, in the research. I mean, it didn't was able to move forward into our day to day, meaning it wasn't move into creating a real impact. On, on people. So even today, I finished my PhD, I don't know, almost uh, 13 years ago. Even today, uh, doctors are still implemented the pacemaker in the wrong pace. And over time, people that have <laughs> cardiac arrhythmia, so they solve the problem of the cardiac arrhythmia, but over time, they are suffering from heart failure. So when I started Lumen, it was about closing this gap between the, the science world, the technology, the insight that you can that have there and into the day-to-day. -day. So this is uh, how everything started. <laughs> so Lumen is a fascinating device for figuring out how your metabolism works, but I didn't realize that your motivation for starting it, because, I mean, you're smart enough. You could have done all sorts of things, but you, you zoned in on it partly because of the endurance athletics, but that frustration, I have a lot of it too, where we have all this knowledge and this huge gap between knowledge and what we do. And it it actually hurts when you see stupid happening around you because, but we know better. Like we already learned this. And in your case, you actually wrote the paper and then you see people walking around there. It's like, like driving into posts, like, but the post is clearly labeled. Like, yeah, I just never bothered to read the signs. I just drove into it again. So you were frustrated and you knew some stuff. So why did you pick metabolism? Tell me what Lumen does and why you chose that. I didn't realize that your cardiac experience 
was a motivator, but I see it now. It's the gap between what we know. So what do we know about metabolism or what do you know about metabolism that you want other people to know because of Lumen? So what do we know about metabolism or what do you know about metabolism that you want other people to know because of Lumen? So first of all, metabolic measurement, and it's something that's been used, yes, in hospitals and top clinics since the 60s. <laughs> it's just been stuck in hospitals uh, because every measurement is taking 45 minutes. You need to lie down covered with something like an astronaut. You need a physician to read the, uh, the data in order to provide you insight. So you understand that this type of measurement is not accessible to any one of us, at least not on a daily basis. And, and what, you're, what you're gathering there is you're looking at what people are breathing out in terms of exhaust gas, because the amount of carbon dioxide and oxygen and that tells you about your metabolism. And you're looking at the heat put off by the person. Is there maybe the amount of water? What else do you look at in a medical setting like that? So uh, we are measuring the type of fuel. So cells that, that use fat, release less carbon dioxide versus cells that use carbs for energy. So by measuring the oxygen consumption and the carbon dioxide release, by uh, analyzing this ratio, we know what type of fuel your body is using. And as I said before, a healthy body is a body that on fasting condition will rely mostly on his fat stores. So... Maravi and I, Maravi, she's my twin sister. <laughs> yeah. um, so we thought, wow, if we would be able to measure our metabolism on a daily basis, we would be able to understand how metabolically healthy, how metabolically flexible are we. Also, this measurement is extremely sensitive to lifestyle, meaning to nutrition, to sleep, to movement, and to our mind. You mean to, to biohacking? You might be able to, to biohack your metabolism? Yeah. Who would have thought, right? Well, That's why I'm really interested in Lumen because it, it's a, a quick change for what you did last night is going to affect how you would score on Lumen today. Exactly. So imagine that by understanding what you did yesterday, today you're being able to see the real impact on your body. So now instead of waiting, I don't know, I think that today, how today we are measuring uh, different things that we are doing. If today, I don't know, I want to test fasting or I want to test low carb or carb manipulation, whatever. Yeah. So the way I was able to measure it is probably by, I don't know, subjective uh, questions or by standing on a scale if it was, if my intent is to lose weight. So the time that you would be able to see that impact, to have this self-validation is very far away. And until you're going to have this self-validation, you're all the time going to feel like you are in the dark. Am I doing the right things? Is that working for me? Maybe I should do more. Maybe I should do less. I mean, it's very hard to keep motivated like that. And it's very hard to understand what is working for you in order to make smarter decisions. So by measuring your metabolism, by a daily basis, you actually being able to see what is the impact of your sleep, whether you're having enough sleep. Maybe uh, you're having uh, your last meal too late at night, and this is what 
holding your body from shift into fat burn. Or maybe, you know, you're just in stress. You're doing everything amazing, but you know, our day-to-day is busy. And sometimes we need a bit uh, to relax because we have too much cortisol in our body. This is, by the way, one of our main problems today. <laughs> so that's true. Stress is a, is a major thing. Um, I've I've been so fascinated with mitochondrial function, which is what drives me. I know. It's, it's like for maybe since the late nineties, when we first really started learning about them, because I realized I had a problem with energy. I was just tired all the time, brain fog, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, and I did fix my metabolism. And I mentioned, you know, showing up at my doctor with like a hand-drawn graph of my blood sugar from, from back then, from pricking my fingers, which sucked. And then I got into it a few years ago, uh, doing it again for ketone levels. Right. So then I could say, all right, you know, what's my blood sugar look like? How many ketones am I making? How much ketones are present? What can I do with MCT oil versus other kinds of ketones uh, versus fasting versus caffeine, which doubles ketone protection, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just going to say, I'm kind of tired of sticking stuff in my fingers all the time. In fact, I sort of quit doing it and I switched to more heart rate variability. Okay. What's my you know, what's my readiness score, you know, or my heart rate variability? Like my readiness score this morning was 94. It was the highest it's actually been uh, ever that I can think of, uh, which is cool. And I think that was as a result of light therapy and nitric oxide. I don't really know. Tell me why Lumen is useful compared to heart rate variability. And I know why it's better than sticking stuff in my fingers because that hurts. But why does Lumen beat heart rate variability as uh, something that I should do every day for my metabolism? So, um, I don't know. You might not gonna like my answer, but I, I well, you only said it. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's about who is better than who. I, I mean, I'm fine with I that. Yes, and you know, I don't think it's a okay. So, metabolic measurement. This is the only thing that we should do. I think that eventually, and this is where Lumen is going. It's all about integration, and by having this holistic, you know, picture of our body, if it's uh, HRV and resting heart rate and even continuous blood glucose and metabolic measurement, all of these together would enable us to better understand how our body is working and guiding us towards better nutrition and lifestyle choices. So it's not about one or the other, it's about all of us, all those trackers in the world will combine together, will do a joint forces, <laughs> creating a hub of data and enable us, yes, the, the consumer at the end, enjoy, enjoy the values of everything integrate. So I think we should go on integration, everyone. You are such a good scientist. I agree. I want all the data from all of us put into an AI engine so we can actually figure out what works. And in fact, one of my companies is working on that to get as much data as we can uh, to understand if this is your goal and this is you, what's the fastest path to that goal? That's what Upgrade Labs is doing um, as like in a facility. But here's the question. Someone's listening to the show. They're saying, I am thinking about getting a sleep tracker that may include heart rate variability. And I'm thinking about tracking my metabolism with Lumen. How do I know which one to buy first? Like, t- tell me, the, I, I, I agree, they're both useful. And I think most people will want both. But what does Lumen do that heart rate variability doesn't do? 
So metabolic measurement is, think about it like the end of the funnel, right? It's being affected by your HRV, your resting heart rate, your nutrition, your movement, by everything. It's an aggregation. It's like everything, all your lifestyle is being aggregated into one result, which is your metabolic measurement. So if I were that person that can decide what to buy, I would choose to measure the top of the funnel. So having a measurement that is an aggregation of everything and starting to understand, making sure that this measurement is going on the right trend and doing my self-analysis to understand what is working for me better. So having that metabolic measurement on the right track for better metabolic health. So okay. I would go on by Lumen. <laughs> Otherwise, it was weird for me to be here. Well, of course, so you, you believe in Lumen, uh, which is why you started the company. I believe in metabolic health. It, you believe in <laughs> metabolic health. So compare and contrast it. So, so you're, you've got an audience here. Uh, there's a bunch of people who are saying, I just wanted to lose weight and upgrade myself, so I'm just learning. And then you also have a set of people who are in my mentorship group who go to the biohacking conference. By the way, guys, biohackingconference.com, September 15th through 17th, Beverly Hills. It's going to be amazing. Oh, is Lumen going to have a booth there? I think you guys are, aren't you? you know? Wow, I don't know. <laughs> I, know I, I, would, I would bet that someone from your team is going to be there, but we'll find I, I would out. ask Kyla. <laughs> okay, good, good deal. So um, what... So that group, though, they're going to say, look, I can prick my fingers and maybe I'm even willing to do it. Uh, and I can get my my tracking of this. So, okay, someone who's willing to prick their finger and get ketones in the morning. What is Lumen telling me that I don't get from those other measures? So for the biohackers, and we have uh, many of, of them, so they use Lumen um, in order to optimize different things. For example, they want to optimize their fasting duration. And one of the, uh, uh, the problems, yes, with fasting is that fasting is a great tool, but you need to, to manage it. So if you are pushing your body too much into the fast, your body will respond with a stress response, will, will actually do exactly the opposite. So during the fast, your body started to shift into fat burn. And then if there is a moment when you are pushing your body for too much, so your body will start to shift back into, into carb burn. So biohackers that using Lumen are measuring their metabolic fuel during the fast and they want to optimize it. They want to find this sweet point when their body is now starting to shift back into carbs. And then they know, okay, this is the right time to end my fast. So this is one scenario. Uh, also, we have biohackers that use Lumen in order to optimize their, uh, their workout. So they're taking a measurement before and after the workout. They want to see their body shift from using carbs to using fat. And some of them is also use Lumen in order to know whether they have enough fuel for intense workout or strength workout. In those workouts, do they want to have enough carbs? So they take a measurement before the workout. And if they see that their body is using mainly, uh, mainly fat, so I don't know, they take a banana or something in order to fuel themselves. So those are like different scenarios in which biohackers use Lumen. By the way, the fasting, we have an amazing uh, um, insight. We saw 
lumen is like we have more than six million metabolic measurement within context. And I think this, you will find it very interesting. Uh, we see that women that are obese, um, their body starting to, um, um, to um, shift back from using fat, fat to using carbs after 12 hours of fasting. So for them, it's better not to over the 12, uh, the 12 hours. And Yay. for women that are overweight, they need 14. And for women that are normal weight, it's even, it's not an issue. I can shift into fat burn after 10 hours and after 12 hours, and I can also fast 16 hours. So it's so it's super personal. So this is why the title of my book on fasting was called Fast This Way, because I got tired of people saying, what's the right length of fast? I'm like, you can't say everyone should fast 18 hours. And there's a study out of Australia that showed in, funny enough, um, overweight, middle-aged women in particular, that 12-hour fasts three days a week shifted their metabolism towards ketosis. And that was the minimum effective fasting. And the problem is overfasting is more of a problem in women because it hits women before it hits men. And so there's a bunch of stuff in the book about that, but I wish I would have known a little bit more about lumen to include this ratio in it, because if you want to be precise to know, am I over fasting? Like as a woman, you don't over fast because it actually harms weight loss. And as a guy, it also harms weight loss. And in both of them, it breaks your hormones right after it starts to mess with your weight loss. So you're like, yeah, fasting is great. I'll do more. And then you hit a wall and you wonder why. So it's it's like a powerful scalpel. It's a tool you get to use. So, okay, now, now let's say that someone buys a Lumen and now they want to know how to use it with fasting. Is the app going to guide them through that? Like, how would you even know to do this? So there is a um, Lumen after you're taking your... Uh, the usability with Lumen, yes, that every day you wake up and you take a morning uh, a morning measurement. And based on your uh, metabolic measurement, Lumen provides you with what you should, what is your nutrition for that day. And we also have the ability to pull different strategy. For example, to pull fasting as a strategy. And then they can, lo they can log their fasting and they can take a measurement and log the amount of hours that they fast. And it's going to save in the their lumen data, in the meetup, whatever. And they can actually track after their metabolic fuel during an overnight, uh, during the fast. Okay, so then you're fasting, you do it before you go to bed, and but you wake up and it's going to give you a lumen score. And then what do you do with that in terms of your fast? Does it tell you fast for two more hours, or fast for four more hours? How do I actually use this for fasting? <laughs> What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to a hundred days at neurohacker.com slash Dave 15 to save an extra 15%. 
That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. When you wake up and it's going to give you a lumen score, and then what do you do with that in terms of your fast? Does that tell you fast for two more hours, the fast for four more hours? How do I actually use this for fasting? So currently not, lumen not recommended to you to continue your fast. This one is uh, it's like a, a tool for biohackers so they can track it on their own. So at the moment, we are not guiding you to do more fast or less fast. Um, uh, in overall, yes, the recommendation with Lumen, are need, uh, we needed to do a better guidance, right? Because currently we are very focused on nutrition. But as I just said, and you know, eventually it's not only our nutrition that impact our metabolism. It's about also about our sleep and the, our movement and our mind. And currently, Lumen is guiding you only towards um, nutrition plan and provide you another uh, different tools that you can manage uh, your workout and your fasting on your own. But this is something that we are now going to, to change and we are looking everything at a balance. So based on your nutrition, for example, if you ate too much, yes, I can suggest to you to prolong your fast or to increase the amount of steps. So, so we're, we're getting there is the basic answer, but the, the yeah. short algorithms are, are things that, that you talk about um, mm-hmm. even in the literature with, with Lumen. And it's, it's kind of cool because you have 20 million metabolism measurements from Lumen so far, which is an enormous data set to be able to figure out what's going on. And the validation that you have, earlier you mentioned this ratio of how much oxygen are you uh, basically, are you using and how much CO2 is it producing? You use a lot of oxygen, don't, don't produce a lot of CO2, you're burning fat. Right? You, you use a lot of oxygen, use and produce a lot of CO2, you're burning carbs. And it's kind of like that. And in in metabolism research, that's called RER, right? Can you, did I define respiratory? Was it, what's the E stand for? Respiratory exchange ratio. Thank you. Respiratory exchange ratio. You're welcome. Did did I define that well enough or am I missing a piece there? (laughs) No, uh, you did, uh, you did, you did uh, good. I mean, the, 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 uh, the way that Lumen is able to uh, take a technology, yes, that take 45 minutes and in the size of a table and shrink it into a portable device and into single measurement is basically by a very simple principle. Yes. As I said, when our body use carbs for fuel, they release more carbon dioxide. And when they use fat, they release less. But if I will measure the carbon dioxide in a normal breath, I will not see any changes in the carbon dioxide because when I, my body release more carbon dioxide, the way to get rid of that carbon dioxide is by increase my ventilation. So the lumen maneuver, I mean, it's, a, it's not a, a normal breath. You need to inhale a specific amount of air. You need to hold your breath for 10 seconds, which is exactly the time in which the carbon dioxide in the blood will reach to equilibrium with the air in your lungs. And then we asked the users to exhale. And then the, the CO2 in your exhale breath is actually in correlation to what is happening in your blood. 
And by having that maneuver, we was able to hack the measurement and being able to measure it with a single measurement in a single breath versus 45 minutes off. Wow. Yeah, it's very cool. (laughs) Have you completely pissed off all the people who make those expensive hospital 45 minutes? Uh, pieces of equipment are, are they hating because you have the the study from san francisco state university that says that your device the lumen device has similar results <laughs> to the hospital grade stuff it just it seems like you've just completely disrupted a big market because like like here's a very affordable handheld lumen just do that and it's you know it's going to give us the same data so the truth is that um, many of uh, academic institutes are using Lumen for their own studies. So Meravi and I are extremely passionate about research. So we created like a science mode for those academy and researchers that interested in better understand metabolism. So they use Lumen as a measurement tool and they provide many studies if it's about um, workout, women that work out on fasting versus uh, before, um, after a big meal, and they see the impact, or about fast and slow carbohydrate on metabolic health. So they're using it for their own study. And Meravi and I enjoy from increase or increase the understanding of metabolism in the world. So this is how we want to give back to the research community. So for us, it's extremely exciting for them using Lumen. This really is something that's new in the world of biohacking. Uh, It's different than measuring ketones or glucose or HRV. So it's a fundamental signal that it's really important and it changes on a regular basis. Like you said, and most people don't know this, but Yes, you should wake up in very mild ketosis and you can increase that ketosis dramatically. There's this weird thing called caffeine that'll do it and another thing called MCT oil. And, and I used to measure with a, a finger stick that I could go from you know, eating carbs at dinner, like sushi with rice, so definite carbs, and then waking up and my ketones are at 0.1. And then I drink oh, magically coffee with butter and MCT oil and my ketones are at 0.6, which is the entrance to ketosis. Now, if I woke up and I breathed in lumen, it would have said, because I had carbs the night before, that I was still burning mostly carbs. And it would have shown that I had a higher amount of carbon dioxide. And then after I chugged the coffee and the MCT and waited till my ketones went up with all the blood, <laughs> then... Uh, the lumen would have shown at that point when my ketones were up that suddenly I was burning less carbon dioxide to make energy. Am I saying this right? Yes. I have to share with you a funny story about the MCT. Okay. (laughs) When Meravi and I started and we built the first prototype of lumen, we need to validate it. It was important for us to, uh, to see that what we are measuring is equal the same as you would take the same measurement under a gold standard, yeah, um, this uh, indirect calorimetria. This is the name of the, uh, the gold standard that is used in order to measure metabolism. So how, how we can do that? We needed a volunteer to take a measurement to the prototype of lumen and to take then a measurement 
under in, uh, into the gold standard, and we wanted to compare between them. But the single measurement in one metabolic state was not enough for us. We needed in fasting condition, and we need after consuming carbs, and we needed <laughs> we needed everyone to use uh, fat as much as possible. So we asked them. <laughs> We asked them to drink MCT in order to see their body shift into fat. But I got wrong with the doses. Oh, so, no. You got disaster pants, didn't you? <laughs> so instead, you know, I don't know, it's this spoon. It was, I don't know, I gave them like 10 tablespoons and they had like, Everyone has <laughs> need to go to the bathroom. Ten tablespoons. That's, was... like, that's that's like feet up on the stall, screaming kind of zone. Oh my god! <laughs> and until today, they remember it. You told me to drink MCT <laughs> because you needed to validate the lumen. <laughs> it was funny. Wow. So you probably also didn't have the the research. That, there actually wasn't research when I, I created the C8 MCT. Uh, and I said, guys, you need to use this because it works better because you could feel it work better. And then a while later, uh, Kunain down at uh, UC San Diego came out with a study showing C8 was far more ketogenic. But what I knew was that C8 was far less, I'm going to run to the bathroom than normal MCT oil. So I switched to that because... At the very first biohacking conference, it was a hundred people at a bar in San Francisco, and we didn't have I didn't make MCT oil, so we were using kind of street grade stuff that had a lot of impurities that would make it even worse. So there was only two bathrooms at the bar. And there's a hundred people there drinking a ton of bulletproof coffee. And we had a very similar problem uh, to what what's happening there. So a warning to everyone, uh, number one, MCT oil really will put you in ketosis, put you in fat mode. Yes, Lumen proved this. Okay. I number think it's two, well validated. Yeah, there, there's an upper limit. So it was validated through pain. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. I did not know that till this interview, but I love it. Um, well, let me ask you this then. Yeah. As an expert in metabolism, uh, when you have some MCT oil during a fast, does your metabolism still look like you're fasting? Yes. But, but it's so shifted. guys who make one of those fasting apps keep doing videos with this young guy who doesn't know what he's talking about saying that if you have fat during a fast, it has calories, therefore it breaks a fast. I guess metabolically, the type of fat and the amount of fat might change things. But Lumen measure your metabolic fuel, yes? So um, when you are uh, consuming the uh, MCT, so your body will use, yes, those free fatty acid in order to produce energy. So we won't, we won't know if you are now using body fat, body fat in order to produce energy or the fat from the MCT. So it's very important to, to mention it. I, uh, I totally love it. You won't know. Um, metabolically, um, I, uh, I'm not sure that it matters. If you're looking for fat metabolism where mTOR is suppressed and insulin is either suppressed or at least didn't rise, which are like the hallmarks of fasting. So I've gone like through so many people saying, but, but, but there was a calorie and like, what so if, what? 
What, what, what is calorie? <laughs> well, like I said, you could take some uranium during a fast. You'd still be fasting. It wouldn't be good for you, but there were calories in there. So it's like, what did the calorie do to your metabolism? And what does fasting look like metabolically? And it looks like burning fat. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all about improving your mitochondria functionality. Yeah, so now, okay, your mitochondria is now practicing in using fat for fuel. This is a good thing. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all over that. And I, I wish that we could remove suffering from fasting because when people are first starting to fast, it can be really hard to get into fat burning mode. So you feel like crap for a while, or you could have a little MCT oil and then be in fat burning mode right away as your body adapts. And then what do you know, fasting without suffering. And the fact is, if you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel like garbage this morning and you just don't know why, maybe you just stopped having carbs for the first time ever the night before. When you use your lumen, what's it going to show? Because you're not yet switched into fat burning mode. You haven't had coffee. You haven't had MCTs. So are you just going to be having less oxygen and less CO2? So someone that is not yet practice on using fat for fuel, so it's someone that is metabolically less flexible, it's like he will be stuck in the middle. So you, so it's not, you're going to see that you're using 50% of carbs and 50% of, of fat. So gradually when we are getting better, meaning when our metabolism has become flexible and we are gradually pushing our body, to be able to use more fat for fuel, so we will be you will be able to wake up on fat burn. So it's like um, right because metabolic flexibility or metabolic health is it, it's a range. It's not whether you have it or whether you don't. So in the left side, yeah, it's gonna be someone that is extremely not flexible. Those type of people even might have a prediabetic, have high risk to stroke and heart attack. Those, this is all the kind of metabolic syndrome. And in the right, you have people that, you know, enjoy life for their fullest potential that are able to, to lose weight and to maintain it, which is the main problem with losing weight. You not be able to maintain it. You have high energy. You don't have those mood swings. Yes. So metabolic flexibility is a range. So the more you are metabolically flexible, you are able to wake up on fat burn. And the less you are more waking up on carbon. And there is a range in the middle. I absolutely love that. So you can you can tune yourself in that way. Um, and I should mention too, um, listeners know that whenever someone comes on with a product they're making, uh, number one, you have to be exceptionally well qualified to talk about stuff, uh, which you are. And number two, you have to give something to the audience. Uh, so besides knowledge and information, which is interesting anyway. So lumen.me, L-U-M-E-N.me, use code ASPRI50 and you're, you're giving them as a gift a $50 discount. So there you go, guys. <laughs> That's something that's worth checking out. So you probably, if you're overweight, would like to know how to control your metabolism. And if you're not overweight, you may be really tired at certain times during the day, especially in the afternoon or maybe in the morning. It, it depends. People have these, these craterings. So what's going on with your metabolism then? And since we're taking essentially a one-minute window, you're getting a 10-second mm -hmm. breath hold. It takes, what, about a minute to do a lumen reading? Um, even less, 30, yeah. 30 seconds. I, I figure it's like a minute by the time I like, yeah. like get the lumen, turn on the app and then like do the 30 second breath hold thing. So I it's think, a quick check is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, I think I'm so enjoy of thinking my lumen measurement that the time just pass. So maybe it's one minute and I feel like it's 30 seconds. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, you, uh, I mean, you're supposed to have like a stopwatch. You're a scientist. Come on. What, what we can do though, is we can wake up and say, how am I do? How did I do when I was sleeping? And you could say, I'm going to do something in the morning. I, I might take some supplements. I might have coffee or matcha or whatever and see what the difference was maybe a half hour after, after it's had a chance to take action. The studies I've seen show that the amount of caffeine in two small cups of coffee will double ketone production. So after your coffee without sugar in it, you should see a slight improvement in your fat metabolism. And then if you're still intermittent fasting up, like maybe you're going to have lunch at one o'clock the way I'm going to today. Wow, this is super cool. I didn't know it. I will try it. Oh, absolutely. The black coffee and also um, prebiotic fiber that turns to butyric acid also will be pro-ketogenic. So you can put those in your coffee and then all of a sudden you're like coffee, MCT, prebiotic fiber, all of those increase fat metabolism during a fast, but suppress hunger. So you're like, oh, that's better. But you, you could you can test anything I'm saying here with a lumen. And so maybe you just have water because you think you're a mouse in a lab study, uh, like those guys who run one of those dumb fasting apps. And what you would do in that case is you would uh, you would test and see what worked better. And if you're more in fat burning mode and you feel better, that's great. And then maybe the next morning you're saying, you know what, maybe I can just burn my own fat. I don't want to do the MCTs. And then you don't. And then you can test it with Lumen. And then right at, say, noon, if you're following my advice, you should exercise fasted. So you'll actually blow out the glycogen in your muscles and you turn on your metabolism. So then you get your Lumen score and then you can exercise. Like, what am I burning right now? And you're going to be burning more fat and then you can eat lunch. And you can have the ribeye steak and be like, I'm so carnivore right now. Uh, except that you had coffee, which is good for you, even though it's a seed. But anyway, so uh, you, you did that. Uh, and then say, what worked? Did it work for me? And I promise you that if you are one of these middle-aged obese women who benefit from only 12 hours fasting a day, you might see that you've overfasted on your lumen and then maybe you wanted to have some sweet potatoes with your steak. Like this is why it's interesting to me. And then a half hour after you eat lunch, you get your lumen again and say, am I burning carbs? What percentage of carbs and fat? So now you guessing is gone and you can say, and is what I'm doing working. And it's that real time score. If you were to do heart rate variability with an aura ring or a whoop or any other sleep scoring system like sleep space, you're going to wait till the next morning to know whether your stress went down, but that's not a real time signal. And with biohacking, the quicker you can get a signal based on a behavior, the faster you can change. And that's why at the very high end, neurofeedback, that's why 40 years of Zen exists because, oh, a thousand measurements a second as I'm trying to change, I can do that quickly. With Lumen, many times throughout the day, whenever you feel like, whenever you have a question, you can check, what's my body doing now? But now here's my question for you after all of that rambling. Can you, when you, because I mean, you're the inventor of Lumen, can you without the lumen approximate accurately what your metabolism is? Like, like, could you today, like right now say, you know, I'm probably burning 47% fat. Do you, do you have an onboard sense? Can I learn to feel my metabolism using the lumen? Have you done it? Wow. It's, it's a good question. Yes, I can. That's I awesome. mean, I think I can, I can do both. I mean, 
First of all, I know when my when I'm more metabolically flexible, I can feel it. I mean, I'm really able to be super productive, super focused on jumping from one meeting to another meeting all day. I'm like um, I'm li- like a battery that never ends. <laughs> mm, the, so you feel it in productivity. Yeah. Well, so is that different than just fat burning? Because anytime someone, like the, the reason Bulletproof Coffee took off was that people were like, oh my God, I love how I feel because I'm burning some fat for the first time in like 20 years. Is there a difference for you between the feeling of being in fat burning versus being flexible? Like like describe what it, like do you feel it in your gut, in your heart, in your brain? Where is it? What does it feel like? <laughs> so, I mean, metabolic measurement, being able to use fat for fuel. Yeah, so it's like, it's um, the power of it is being able to see it in real time. It's like a snapshot of what is happening now in your body. But metabolic flexibility is taking into, uh, into consideration many snapshots of your metabolism. It's not like one day I'm metabolically flexible and tomorrow I will be metabolically not flexible. So today I'm really able to, and to know where, what is my snapshot? And I'm also able to know where exactly I am in that range in, in very high resolutions. Wow. So you can feel it and you know when it's not happening, but the high resolution sense you don't really have. Um, I have also the high resolution. I mean, I am I'm today, you know, I'm we- reading to Lumen uh, eight years Okay, so you actually have the high resolution, so you could predict your lumen score within like a couple points. Today I am. Today. That's cool. I mean, so, no, so, I'm taking measurement eight years morning before bed, at the end of my fast, before and after workout. You know, I'm, I'm a master. <laughs> I know to control my body like, like no one else can. <laughs> okay, I love it that you just said that. And it's, it's funny, um, my wife is an ER doctor by training. And to this day, even though she's not practicing, she can put her fingers on someone's wrist and just know their heart rate because she's done it so many times. You don't need a stethoscope and a stopwatch. You just know. And I've certainly figured that out. Like there's, there's uh, with heart rate variability, after a while you, you do the training and you track it, you just know uh, what's going on with your nervous system. So you can feel vagal tone and know what it's going to do. And you can just know what it's like when you actually go into ketosis because there's a quality of your consciousness that's different. And it's so hard to even say it or to put words behind it because what we're doing is we're using a device to measure something and then our brains automatically will correlate that measurement with, oh, that's the word for how I feel. Um, You partnered with the Adidas running team for five weeks, you being Lumen, right? And so you took athletes. Now, these are not in the lab. These are working athletes doing their thing, uh, to, to our point about lab work, but they just added Lumen breathing and got a daily metabolic score. What results did you get with the team? So for them, they want to improve their, uh, their athletic performance. So they took a measurement before the running in order to make sure that they have enough energy. And based on that, 
they fuel themselves properly. So <laughs> their goal was to lose weight and to improve athletic performance. And we know that, you know, there is um, one of the problems with, uh, with carbs, yes, is that it's, it's very important for us, yes, but you don't want to overconsume carbs. Now, when we are talking about carbs and athletic performance, we have a conflict here because from one side, carbs are important for athletic performance, but if you're going to overconsume carbs, you will gain weight. So we need to, um, to optimize the amount of carbs so you will have enough carbs to support the workout, but not overconsume the carbs so you will not convert them into fat. So for those Adidas running, yeah, who actually help them, is to support the workout while helping them to lose weight. So this was the challenge, how you can manage the amount of carbs by still support your workout, but not overconsume carbs so you will not gain weight. So wait a minute here. Are you saying that the Adidas runners, runners had a hard time losing weight? <laughs> yeah, Everyone so listening to the show, that should tell you something about doing cardio to lose weight. Just just wanted to say, because they're running more than you and me, that's for sure, right? Anyway, that's a side thing. But what happened when they tuned their carb intake using Lumen? Because the numbers for, for professional runners, they're unbelievably good. Like, like I had a hard time when I read them. I had to read it twice. Do you remember the numbers? I have them in front of me. Uh, no, I don't. But it, so tell me, what is Lumen? Okay, good. So sometimes people have studies memorized. Not So... In five weeks of optimizing their carb intake using Lumen, this is the Adidas running team. Okay, they lost an average of 2.5% of their body weight. They lost 9.5% of their body fat, and they decreased their running time by 17%. And this is why when people say you can exercise away a potato chip, it is garbage. These are professional exercisers and when they got the right amount of carbs by measuring it using Lumen, they had like incredibly trans 17% faster running, 9.5% body fat loss in five weeks. So if anything on earth talks to the importance of knowing how many carbs to eat, and it's not no carbs, it's not low carbs, it's not even medium carbs, it's the right amount for your exercise output and also for your cognitive output, I would say, which is a different discussion. But holy crap, those results are unimaginable at high-level athletes, and it's because of getting the metabolic score from Lumen. You can't do that with CGM. You can't do that with blood glucose sticking or with ketone measurement. So that's it is. That's just impressive. <laughs> you know what um, else we discovered? Um, I started to get, you know, from a customer service, I started to get like complaints from users, from women that said it's very weird, very weird. I suddenly I wake up on carb burn and it doesn't make sense. And by starting to collect data and starting to look on the monthly cycle, we realized that pre-ovulation, our body tend to use more carbs. Now, if you think about it, it completely makes sense because our body is like prepare itself to pregnancy, potential pregnancy. And when we are in that state, so our body gonna shift to carbs and in order to preserve fat stores for the pregnancy. So we saw amazing how our metabolic measurement, our metabolic fuel is changing during the menstrual cycle. Super cool. 
Have you written a, is there a blog post or a paper on this? Because there's a whole chapter in Fastest Way on fasting for women. And uh, it feels like that knowledge is, is really important. And there's, I don't know, I found maybe seven or eight studies of fasting in women. Most of them at least talked about where they were in their cycle, but a good number of them were perimenopausal or menopausal women because it's actually easier to study menopausal <laughs> women because you don't have the cycles, right? So uh, um, is this on the Lumen blog anyway? There's an article anywhere? about it. So uh, <laughs> a scientific article. Okay. So it's, uh, it's going to be in the, uh, going to be published soon. Um, all right. Well, once it comes out, you definitely need to put it on on the Lumen website and uh, send it to me, and I'll I'll share it on whatever all my social stuff. Because understanding differences in metabolism that are based on your cycle as a woman is entirely different. So it's biohacking, but it's entirely different than what us guys deal with. And there is a monthly hormone cycle for men with testosterone and full moons, but it's so subtle it basically doesn't matter. Just take your testosterone cream if you're over forty, you'll be fine. Uh, so like we need to crack this code so that women understand, oh, this is why I should feel this way right now. And here's how to change my fasting regimen and my carb intake. And right now the carb intake number is so random, but with Lumen, I think you could dial it in and you'd probably see a reduction in PMS symptoms based on mm -hmm. appropriate exactly. but not excessive carb intake, right? Wow. Have you yes. tried that on yourself? Does it work? <laughs> I mean, I completely um, reduce my craving also. And I use, I mean, when I okay. see that I'm more using carbs for fuel, but I know it's, uh, it's because, of, uh, or, um, because of ovulation. So the recommendation, I mean, how I would manage my nutrition is going to be completely different. So if I'm not around my uh, ovulation, when I see that I'm using mostly carbs, you know, I'm going to go probably on more on a low carb. But because now it's, it's all about the context, right? So if now I'm using more carbs because of that ovulation, my body is really need those carbs. So I will eat a moderate amount of carbs, small meal every three hours, complex carbs, in order to keep my blood sugar stable and not having that drop of energy and craving. So... And, and you do that during uh, which part of the cycle does that? So, okay. So, so uh, how many days no, pre-ovulation uh, or is that just during ovulation? There is a spike. Yeah, in that, in that period two or of three time, days before. Spike okay. from in a spike in burning mainly carbs. So in that moment, I'm having small meals so, every two or three hours of complex carbs in order to keep my energy level stable, avoid craving, but I don't want to overconsume carbs because, as I said, pre-ovulation, my body is more about storage. So if I will eat more carbs, I will gain, I will gain fat. So it's like having that balance. So, so it sounds like eating a quarter of a dark chocolate bar every three or four hours would solve the problem for most people. There so go. there you go, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard women should eat chocolate three days before ovulation as much as they want, as yeah, long as it's not right. high sugar chocolate, right? I'm just trying to, to, to share the news that people want to hear. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure that I would agree with you about complex carbs versus um, saturated fat with some carbs and some fiber might be better than a complex carb versus longer chain carbs. 
Um, but that, yeah, we'd have to test that out. But it it comes down to the the gut stress that comes from most sources of complex carbs uh, versus just making the carbs complex by having fat and fiber with them uh, without them actually being complex. Because we know that fat modulates the the intake rate of carbs, right? So you can lower the glycemic index of carbs by having fat with them. And as long as we're not using a fat that slows metabolism like omega-6, I kind of think dark chocolate really is one of the best things you could possibly do. It just needs to be like, you know, 80% dark chocolate. So you're getting, you know, four grams of sugar or something, but you got enough fat. You're like, oh, that's good. Plus the theobromine and all the other extra positive benefits of chocolate. Adding fats to carbs, um, I'm absolutely with you. Super important in order to moderate the insulin spike. Okay. Awesome. So rather than pasta, if you could have dark chocolate and they metabolically did the now same I'm thing, would you eat you, carbs or dark chocolate? chocolate. I, I learn, I, I learn every day. <laughs> I pick dark chocolate too. <laughs> like screw the spaghetti. I'm having the chocolate. I, I, I could do that. I, I don't have a monthly cycle, but I could do that anyway. So I'm going to have some chocolate as soon as we get off the, off the interview. Well, it has been a pleasure to pick your brain about hearts and metabolism and arrhythmia and Lumen. And thank you for taking all that academic knowledge and doing what very few academic researchers ever do, which is say, there's a better way. I can't buy a better way. I'll just make it. And then I'll make it available to the world. And I I honestly think your database of 20 million and growing uh, people's metabolisms or, or measurements of people's metabolism, uh, that that's going to end up being something that illuminates an incredible amount about the way our bodies work because you have a timestamp on each one of those things. Like you have a big data source that is incredibly amazing and untapped um, that tells us so much about how our bodies actually work and it dwarfs every academic study ever done using the RER equipment that, that we have these 45-minute things just because you have so much. So tell us more about how our metabolism works. Yeah. Can I invite you back on in a year or two to give us an update on what you yes. learned Even from everyone now, you know, getting these measurements? It's amazing the progress that we did because, because now we have so much data. So at the moment that we have like a new user, we immediately know how to cluster it and we even before he's taking any measurement, we already know so much about him based on people like him. And from that moment, it just become more and more personal. So it's it's amazing having those that much of data. Ah, so cool. Well, you're going to do good things with it because you've got all the knowledge and ability to do that. And for listeners, it's lumen.me, L-U-M-E-N.me. Use code ASPRI50 and you'll save 50 bucks as a gift from Lumen. And I just, I got to say, there's real science here. And anytime I bring an entrepreneur on the show, they've got to really be able to bring it. Um, otherwise, it's not worth your time. And there's a ton that I learned in this interview and I prepped for it. So this is a new tool in the world of biohacking that's going to tell you maybe I don't want to be on a low carb diet but I don't know what a moderate carb diet is so maybe you can find out what your moderate carb diet is so you don't overdo it you don't underdo it and you get the best performance and you also feel totally safe to when when you choose to go and eat all the bagels that's okay at least you know, all right, I'm going to take the hit. Whereas before when I was young, I would eat all the bagels because I believed it was going to make me ride my bike faster. 
and it doesn't do that. And we just got all that uh, all that info from Mikhail. So again, lumen.me code Asprey50, save some money as a gift. And if you don't get a Lumen, you still learned a lot today, which is awesome. Thanks again for being a guest. Thank you. It was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.